I'm Sadwater, and this is Sadcast episode I have no clue because I did episode 56 yesterday, and this is a special edition Friends one. (laughs) And I'm recording out of a hotel room across the street from my apartment at the Chateau Marmont with Richard Crabe. He's my best friend, and you're just hearing about this right now because I'm pretty private about my life. Me too. There you that's that's all you need to know about him and that's the podcast. No. Um I don't really know what we're going to talk about. We had dinner last night. We had a pretty fun day yesterday. Uh should we talk about that? Do you want to tell people what we did yesterday? Or is that like a top secret thing? I don't even know. The defense stuff? The what? Defense stuff? No, that was Oh, I that's Oh, sorry. You can't talk about <laughs> the <laughs> Department <laughs> of Defense. You meant something I else. I mean aliens. I mean, you can't talk about <laughs> No, we we hung out by the pool today. <laughs> uh, no, yesterday, um, the the speaker thing. Oh yeah, I think you should talk about that. Well, we all. Well, you you're from San Francisco. Yeah, and you're you came out here with your friend. We can't say her name because she would rather um, remain anonymous. But I can say one other thing that this podcast is brought to you by Intel. And they are paying for it. So I got to send them an invoice after that. I'm going to make a note of that right now. Um, but yesterday we all, so you guys flew out from San Francisco and then we went to, what is it called? The Teal Speaker Series. I kept on say, I kept on telling, like, I, when I was talking to my dad and my mom, I was like, yeah, it's like Teal Talks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was, a, I thought it was like a TED Talk thing. They should make it to Teal Talks. But yeah, so Peter Teal Speaker Series or Teal Speaker Series, and they had, uh, yesterday we were all invited to go listen to Brett Easton Ellis speak, and he's the writer of Less Than Zero and American Psycho and uh, Rules of Attraction, so it was pretty interesting. He's a smart guy. The thing is, is that it was a coincidence because I'm friends with him, but you've never heard him speak. No, I haven't. You got to give me more than two word, <laughs> <laughs> two word answers. I'm looking at my uh, vocals there. No, I know. I'm like, uh, what whoa. I'm going to do, no, it's it's going to work. It's all going to work. Yeah. 
It like I told you, it's this whole setup is janky. Don't okay. worry about that. Am I speaking loud enough? You have to yell. Okay. No, but it'll be fine. Or we can switch off switch off this microphone if you feel better. And just use one. Oh, all together. Well, or we could leave that one on and no, that would be bad. I think we're fine. If okay. I think we can. I think it'll be fine. I'm just seeing myself as like a flat lining. Yeah, hot, hot. yeah. But you see those little spikes? Those are real. Those are real. <laughs> and people will be able to hear you. But it's not going to be as good as my. It's like a, it's it's. Uh, I'm pretty embarrassed with my setup. Okay. And and you keep rubbing it in, and I feel I just. I no, just I'm just bad. checking. It's working. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we heard Brett Easton Ellis speak yesterday, and. For those of you that don't know, other than those books, who he is, he has a really good podcast also. And he, uh, uh, even though he's a he's a Gen Xer, he's pretty in touch with what's going on, probably more so than I am in pop culture and this whole craziness with political correctness and all that. But interest, he's an interesting guy. Uh, but you've never heard him speak. I'd never heard him speak. Um, and I haven't actually read any of his stuff. Um, but... I'd obviously seen the movie American Psycho. I'm sorry? Oh, yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, one of my assistants. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I actually recently had a birthday party. Yeah. Uh, and my birthday's on July 18th. And I think the party was around then. And it was, uh, I didn't want to have a party, but one of my friends threw a party for me at Riva Tez. Um, oh, I think she works at Intel, so that's. I a think she does. That's, a, that's an interesting coincidence that this podcast is brought to us by Intel. Yeah, and she brought me a party, and uh, the party was American Psycho themed. Yeah. So the whole party had, uh, you know, American Psycho business cards and like rain kind of raincoats you can put on before you hit someone with an axe or whatever. Yeah. No, so I, I and I wasn't invited, but that's okay because we're best friends, and I wasn't invited. <laughs> Sounds fun. It's yeah. Because uh, Riva was telling me about that, too, and um, she had a a magical evening. Um, yeah, so so that's what we did yesterday. And uh, you're a fan. You're a fan. Yeah, for sure. And I think the fact that we're throwing parties about American Psycho in San Francisco. Well, it's still relevant. Exactly. His, his work has, has resonance. Oh, yeah. For the current... Zeitgeist. You used a big word. <laughs> I know that. I know that word. Wow, my voice cracked. <laughs> I'm still going through puberty. <laughs> totally fine. But uh, yeah, and then so so we did that, and then we went to dinner last night. Yeah. And Brett was there also, coincidentally. Brett was sitting next to us by total happenstance. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like it's it's meant to be. He sh- he should be your friend also. I hope so. <laughs> um okay so we had a good day yesterday i'm proud of us and i did my podcast yesterday too um about guns and uh, (laughs) are you pro you're pro guns i'm pro guns yeah yeah because You, you you didn't listen to it did you i haven't listened to it yet this is bad (laughs) <laughs> Even though really we're bad. best friends, I oh my god, <laughs> I will listen to it. Um, but guns don't kill people; people kill people. Is that what you're gonna say? No, because I don't like. 
I'm kind of sick with uh, talking points and uh, sound bites when people are debating, mm-hmm. and I'm sick of people being incurious. I, I, it's really sad that that there's something really horrible going on in this country, and people just will say, "Yep, it, it's guns, or it's white supremacy, or it's Antifa." Well, why do people join Antifa? Why do people join become white supremacists? What makes them go to those extremes? And uh, so basically what I spoke about was that I think that it's it really starts with and they, they, they sis, our society has started doing this with millennials and then now Gen Z. It's that they've been drugging us ever since we were in kindergarten on heavy pharmaceutical drugs. I think when you're older, you can obviously handle it. But when you're prepubescent, um, you won't come out normal. And then we're living in more isolated times than ever. So I think it's just a recipe for disaster. So that's kind of what I was talking about. <laughs> You're nodding your head. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's not gonna pick up. They they can't hear you yeah, nodding y- your head. You're not. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I I agree with that. Um, okay, you're not so putting so me in a position. Tell tell people where you're from and and and. You're you're from a completely different. I mean, you're from the other side of the world, different culture major problems there yeah and i think that people seem to forget how good they have it here maybe i mean you i you can explain that better than i can i've only known the united states really yeah it's it's very good here i mean it's well right now you know but but tell me tell us what it is like to grow up in south africa you're from south africa i'm from south africa yeah so when i was uh when i was about seven uh we had the first free and fair elections uh, where basically there was the first uh, elections where black people could vote. Um, so I was kind of, uh, I kind of remember it, you know, and I remember what it was like for the, you know, we had this maid who worked for us, who kind of like lived with us and helped helped us around the house and it was like she could vote for the first time. And, uh, and what happened uh, then was it's kind of like, you know, the... ANC party won, Nelson Mandela came in, became president, and the country, um, there was a lot of optimism around that shift, but then more recently, uh, a lot of pessimism. Okay, why? So, some of the original, I mean, there was a lot of economic growth, but some of the structural problems um, persist. So, uh, you know, you have policies like... um, Black economic empowerment or affirmative action, uh, where um, try to try to you know understand the motivation for such policy when you had such bad inequality, but those policies are very hard to implement, um, and you've actually had huge skews to basically a few black people um, in the country making a lot of money, kind of for no reason, and um, the poor black people haven't benefited from a lot of these policies and uh, education is terrible the teachers you know if you're 50 years old or 40 years old there was no way you could have learned mathematics when you were in school and now you're teaching it so it was outlawed for black people to learn mathematics damn crazy um, and now those those people have grown up and they have to be the teachers so it's Nelson Mandela is dead. Oh, who killed him? 
Um, <laughs> he, he he sounds like a great guy. I think he died peacefully, though I'm sure there are conspiracy theories. Yeah, I don't know anything about that, but I'm I'm gonna assume it's uh, it was Bush. <laughs> yeah. Could um. Okay, the only thing I know about South Africa right now is that the white farmers are being killed and black people are taking back their land. I'm doing air quotes. And and now there's famine. Yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah, it is. It is uh I wouldn't say there's famine, but there they are definitely a lot of white farmers being murdered. Um food shortages, not famine. I mean, you can grow the Yeah. The you're able to grow, but they're the people who take the the farms. They, they're not really farmers. Yeah. Sorry, but um, yeah. So you know, the thing is, uh, in the culture, uh, like Zulu culture, culture, um, and uh, and other black cultures in the in South Africa, they they have a very big um land has a very big draw for them it's like it's like land is what you need to be wealthy um you don't really need money to be wealthy you need the land itself um and so sort of like abstractly being rich in a cur some currency doesn't hold as much weight as actually having land and uh similar with with livestock you know like cats, right. cattle and things you want to have you want to have a farm. And so it's a little bit like, you know, American, young American boys probably want like sports cars. Right, if they want land. If you're a young South African black guy, probably want land. All right, but well then then what's the next step? Okay, you have land and you have cattle, then what? Uh, yeah, then you should get back to this like structural skill shortage problem. So these people do not typically like, you know, ha haven't studied farming and it's not part of their... Um, yeah, what they know, so it ends up being it ends up being problematic for even when they get the land. What really happens? Do they want to deconstruct societies and cities, si like s cities physically? Do they want to just tear it all down? There are lots of movements to tear things down. That's crazy. We've had sta our own statue, you know, people destroying statues. Sounds like stuff that's happening here. Yeah, yeah. and um, that's p connected to. Also, some ideas about de decolonization. We need to decolonize the country. Uh, try to pretend that the colonization didn't happen. Uh, decolonize. How the do you decolonize? You kill white people. Uh, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's part of the narrative. But um, the extreme, extreme, extremists on on are there, and there are people killing killing for race reasons. That seems like a big step backwards. Yeah. Um, okay, so so how long have you been living here? I've been living in the US a total of about nine years. And you'd never would you ever go back there? Um I go back for fun. No no no, no. like <laughs> would you ever move back? No, I don't think so. They're very small pockets that are sort of like nice places to live yeah but very bad things can happen just outside of those places i just noticed that you're white but you're an african-american <laughs> so i uh, yeah 
I, 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 yeah, how, that's good, right? Yeah, it's. I don't think I'm allowed to say I'm an African. But you are an African American, right? Perhaps more than some African Americans, even. Well, yeah, because I, I, I so people sometimes will call like a a person who's from Haiti. Uh, an African American? No, you're a Haitian American, and that's <laughs> racist to assume. You're actually from Africa, um, but yeah, I think I think people definitely uh, out here, especially young people, they they don't know how good they have it, and uh, I'm sure you had a pretty good childhood though. No, <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> Not really. No. Wait, uh, why? Um, I mean, I was I was wealthy. Uh, like, uh, compared to, you know, other people in South Africa. Yeah. Um, but, um, my dad actually got, m- was murdered. You s- this is why people do research before <laughs> <Yeah. shows. laughs> You had a great childhood, didn't you? <laughs> I read on Wikipedia, you had a great childhood. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> um, Reva, thanks for, thanks for telling me that. <laughs> So wait, you actually have a you know not to get off topic, but we hung out with my friend Christian last night. You have, I guess, uh, you you guys can relate. Yeah, we can. I don't think his dad was murdered, but his his dad did (laughs) his his dad did die. His dad did die. Yeah. Yeah. Don't look at me like that. His yeah. Okay. Wait. 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 I don't know what the proper etiquette is when you bring that up, though. Well, you don't bring it up at all. I didn't bring it up. (laughs) You brought it up. <laughs> you could have just been like, "Yeah," in your head. Other than that, like it was like, a pretty good. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. No, I did have a. G- I had a great childhood. Damn it! <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> um. Okay. Well, it seems like South Africa is a dangerous place. It is. Um, and it goes back to my original point, which is people don't know how good they have it. And granted, there are there are dangerous shithole cities in the United States, Baltimore. Detroit is Mad Max now. Um, Ferguson kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, L.A. is dying. I mean, go to go downtown. But um, it's still the United States of America. And, you know, I, I think it's just becoming shitty partially because people don't feel tied to it anymore. Like, people don't feel tied to America, the idea of America. When I look back in the 80s, I just feel like people liked America more, the United States. Yeah, definitely. Like pro wrestling and Hulk Hogan and and what's the what are those cars? The huh? What did she say? Pokemon. No. No, Pokemon's the nineties. <laughs> and that's that's Japanese. Japan. That's <laughs> ja- that's Japanese. <laughs> they want to they want to make they want to make um. They don't want to make America great again. The Japanese. They're trying to feminize a whole generation of kids. Really? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I just <laughs> say things. <laughs> now you have to debunk it. So they're it's feminizing people with, anime. with the Pokemons and with anime. anime. Yeah. I they're definitely feminine looking. And so, well, soy, that's China. China. Again. China. <laughs> that's China. They're doing that. No, but, but um, yeah, no, I, th- I think that the, they, man, they have their own problems. They have their own problems. How do you raise a boy today? Honestly? How do you raise a boy into a man? I want to know what you think before I say it. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I was t- actually talking about this yesterday also. I think that we are 
overprotective of children. They used to just go out with their friends and play, and then they would just show up for dinner, and that's it. And then in the 80s, kids were starting to get kidnapped. But it wasn't even an epidemic. It, it's just the news blew it out of proportion, so everyone was afraid. And then that's the origins of helicopter parenting. And kids couldn't just go outside and play. They had to have adult supervision. I think that that was the beginning of it. And then also when you add the drugging of kids, uh, they become crazy. But um, kids need to go out and explore on their own. And they need to figure out problems on their own and get in fights with other kids. Um, this whole idea of like the anti-bullying movement too, uh, it's... It's going to just have negative – it's already having negative consequences. Um, you're not – if look, if you're getting bullied, you beat up the bully. You fight back, and you might get beat up, but you're going to get stronger from that. Don't tell a teacher that's gay. You th- you think that just should be how it is? There's like bullying exists. Bullying, I mean, teach but it people, does, though. I mean, look teach at people nature. to fight back. Look at nature. Look at animals. There's no such thing as as peaceful animals. It does. It's not a thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, also, what was I going to say with that? Yeah, our only connection to nature now is like having cats and dogs, and they're super nice. So we just, we've created a fictional version of nature. Do you think <laughs> g- gay people fall into that? No, like I think women do more than gay people. But basically, what like what? Because I was talking about raising boys and things like that, and you talking about feminize, feminization. I don't think gay people. I don't think it's really a gay thing. I think because okay, before this, before gay culture became uh, mainstream, they just kind of wanted to be left alone, and they and, and they had no interest in family. Like, okay, you're, you'll find anomalies of of couples of that that wanted to adopt and have a family and. And traditional marriage kind of where they don't go around sleeping around but for the most part gay people like to party and do drugs <laughs> forever <laughs> they do and, but then it became mainstream but before that they weren't really interested so i think that it, it, it that really started with the free love movement and then the, divo- the, the divorce rate skyrocketing and then the mothers getting full custody you need to have a balance and and you don't have a balance without the father the father is like the mom is there to baby the child and then the father's there to kind of knock some sense into them and and say to man up man up and and both have their place like both are good both are good too much of one isn't but but because of the legal system the the mothers are the ones who are raising you know the the sons and then also now the teach I was saying this yesterday too that that teachers teachers used to be mostly male and then and then women women's rights and all that and they all started getting into the workplace and then it you know they all obviously gravitated toward those ty- types of jobs like nursing and um and they have no idea how to handle rambunctious boys like they don't they don't it, it it's not anything that they can comprehend because little girls are are well way more well behaved than than boys they can sit still longer also and pay attention and be be polite boys just want to beat each other up and go to war i actually remember in high school one time uh my my best friend jeremy uh we're still friends to this day he works for spotify okay cool (laughs) and brought to you by spotify no and uh uh he was just sitting in class and then this other I, i might be mixing it up but but this this other kid oh no okay okay now i'm remembering it 
it was both of them were in class. So Jeremy was in class, and then this other kid, Marcel. And then they, or from across the room, they were they were cursing at each other, like you motherfucker, piece of shit, blah blah blah. And then oh yeah, yeah oh yeah. And then they just started brawling in the middle of the class. How old were they? This is like we were fifteen. Yeah. Or sixteen. But by the end of the day, they were best friends. Yeah, <laughs> I actually saw that. Actually, <laughs> so I fighting solves problems. Yeah, I, there's two f- two mo- two friends were fighting. They were like really close, and um, they started like thro- the one like called the other one fat or something. And they just started throwing punches. I was at an all boys school, so the guy one guy just punched him in the face. The other guy punched him in the face. Then they both started crying. Then they hugged each other. Imme- like it all happened within seconds. Yeah, and, and women like don't know what the hell we're doing, but it makes sense to yeah, us. Yeah, it all—they were just like it just cured everything so quickly. Um, yeah, it—it's it, we're very. I think guys are very straight. One second. Active shooter. Yeah. Active shooter. No, we can't joke about that anymore. Um. Yeah, we, we when guys fight each other, we're very straightforward. We're like dog. We're, we're we're dogs. We're very straightforward. There's no hidden meaning. There's no passive aggressiveness. There's nothing, you know. And that's why I think we can just get in the fight and literally make make up in uh, two seconds later. Also, I think it's because we gain a little bit of respect that sort that way. Yeah, I think it is a respect thing. It is. Uh, I think this whole tattletaling thing and th- what they're teaching boys to do, it's just like, this guy, he's bullying me and blah, blah, blah. Y- you're creating a pussy. <laughs> That's this person that is going to want to call 911 for any reason. You can you can brush his shoulder and he'll say it's assault. And people are doing that now. And it's the same way. It's the same thing how people are solving problems or thinking they're solving problems by saying, I'm going to sue you. And then they end up, there's so many lawsuits for such frivolous things. Yeah. I think also what happens with this is like you can, you start looking for people who aren't pussies, right? You start like looking for, well, I mean, for example, in my job, we try to hire people, work with people who do not have like, the problems that uh nearly everybody has yeah and they're they're coming hitting, out of college now there there's very few yeah of them now. and it's like you have to go to like oh i can i this whole state you know everyone everyone's terrible and, and so you try to find the different places where people grew up spending some time outside taking themselves to school mm-hmm. whatever um those end up being good signs but it's sad yeah um it, it, I mean, I, I, I always look at older movies and I always look at the leading men and, and yes, like years later it comes out that they're gay, but that's the thing. <laughs> gay people can be masculine. I, I, that's a, like, that's, yeah. that's also false that they can't be. So it doesn't, that doesn't matter. But you look at the leading men in movies and they were, they were men. And then, and then you look at them now and it's rare. It's rare for them to be like Dwayne Johnson. I don't really consider him. That's a good point. Like I he's don't almost like him. iconically a man for today, but for he's today, not. But he I don't really look at him and think that's that's a man. That's some. That's a guy I want to hang out with or get or, or yeah. watch a fight with or you know go to war with or go to war with. That's not. That's not. I a don't want to go to war with him. No. And then um, Clint Eastwood is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Clint Eastwood is someone, and he's still alive, uh, who I would want to go to war with, who I would trust. I wouldn't really trust. The Rock. I actually saw. I think I saw an article a couple, <laughs> a couple days ago 
that said that um the leading men in the fast and furious movies they in their contracts like their managers negotiate um the their screen almost like their screen presence like if they're manly enough or if they look manly in fights uh and and if they don't they have the right to have certain things cut out really yeah so that they can maintain yeah because and they're also because they're they're like chicks they're competing with each other in these fast and furious movies like that's like a, uh, that's like a girly thing to be worried about like am i manly enough if you have to ask that then you're not wow like take this shot out i don't i look a bit like a girl in this shot yeah or that guy looks stronger than me in this shot Whoa. or he's acting stronger than me um that's insane <laughs> yeah that's really crazy um brought to you by intel <laughs> yeah so wait w- 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 so what uh, did we did you did i answer did you answer your question of like what how would you raise was the original question like how would you raise a, a kid oh to yeah be a how do you make a man these days because it looks like everyone's turning in into yeah <laughs> yep the mic the mic the mic definitely picked that up they are though and and i and women are complaining about it too like that yeah. they that they just can't find men well it's you know thanks feminism um you know i remember growing up my dad made me do martial arts and i was good at it but i didn't like it because i'd rather stay home and watch cartoons mm-hmm or um, I remember sometimes he'd make me jump rope, like a thousand rope before eating breakfast, before going to school. I didn't want to do that. And I wasn't fat. I was never fat. It wasn't about being skinny or fat or whatever. Um, it was more about, it was more of a discipline thing. And I hated it, but I still did it. And I think that kids uh, thrive off of of um, rules. Yeah. This, what are you doing? You're filming. The thing about coming to America for me is I don't have, nobody tells me what to do. And you can kind of do anything and get away with it here. Like you can be as any, any way you want to be. You don't have to, there's kind of no manners in America. Yeah. And I don't have any family here kind of checking on me being like, hey, you, you can't, uh, you can't be that way or something. Like you don't do that. Like, so, and then uh, that, and I was like, wow, th- it's a good thing I didn't spend more time here as a kid because that would have been really bad. Then I yeah. would have formed these very bad habits. Yeah. Uh, I can only imagine what it's like for kids w- with uh, single parents, like uh, s- just a mom raising them. And then, mat- and then you know, that mo- that that kid's mom is going to have to have a job. And so they'll yeah. bar- barely ever see her. Yeah, my mom, because, uh, yeah, I, I was in that situation. My mom sent me to boarding school in this like all boys boarding school and it was thanks to you know the culture there which was very masculine uh that you know i got i got bullied bullied into being a man that that (laughs) might be good though (laughs) exactly i mean just because something is a bad experience doesn't mean the outcome will be bad yeah and that's why i think people forget too uh they want to eradicate the idea of being uncomfortable. And I think that is completely wrong. Uh, you need to have things that, y- that you need to overcome. Well, you need to overcome bullies and you need to overcome uh, bad relationships. Uh, y- y- you need to experience those things. I mean, the, the, the f- if you, if you j- really think that you're going to find that one girl 
and marry her and 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 never experience anything bad and then and then um live happily ever after i mean that's that's a fairy tale and the thing is is that uh even with good relationships people don't know how to handle that that those moments where there are f- there's a fight or there you know there's a rift and uh those things actually do make relationships stronger yeah but but people are accustomed to giving up right now everything's very throwaway also especially because you you can see what else is out there with dating apps you can you know everything it, everything before was kind of hidden like it, it it wasn't nothing was so accessible porn wasn't accessible uh women dating uh, finding a date like i can if i if i broke up with my girlfriend i can find a date right now and that it that should worry a lot of people it should be harder that yeah th- there's no sense of scarcity totally so you have to give it to yourself somehow you have to make give yourself scarcity you yeah. have to be like okay well i can eat you know all the food i want and have it delivered to my door and i can have all the girlfriends i want um but i choose to you know meditate two hours a day and fast every weekend and <laughs> yeah you know like you put these constraints on yourself and that's why there's such a tendency towards that kind of thing it's also fun though i actually kind of think it's fun yeah there's a exactly not being in perfect comfort can be fun it is like i'm gonna go on vacation to alaska next month and i don't know what this the shelter situation is i didn't really <laughs> ask <laughs> i'm gonna wing it and see what my brother comes up with but um we're gonna go for nine days and i know that we're gonna sleep outside most of the time but you know you'll be fine you know yeah unless a yeah. bear kills me it will not be as comfortable <laughs> at being at home yeah i'll be fine yeah um but but that sounds like a real adventure not like one of those adventures girls talk about on their dating app profiles you know yeah where they're I like love adventures i love adventures oh cool elaborate well i like going to the farmer's market <laughs> and going on hikes <laughs> and then going to malibu <laughs> That's not an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be in danger. Yeah. It, for it to be an adventure, I, j- I think of Indiana Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You have to have, and I think that's right. That's why I like South Africa, actually. Yeah. That's the one thing. It's like, if you are living in a place where your family are kind of under mortal threat. Yeah. And your friends are dying and stuff. Like, I know friends and family that have, like, died from violence right yeah um and that does kind of make you feel like if someone says oh you're riding a bike without a helmet you just do not even like no one is capable of saying that there's no there's no no space to say something like that (laughs) yeah you know what it does also is it makes you cherish your every day yeah rather than if you're just comfortable every day it just that just becomes normal and then it's like it's meh okay you know we're you know what I, I don't i don't know how it is there but in the in the u.s we're very married to our routines I, is routine a thing there or is it more chaotic to no. where it's impossible to have like this comfortable set routine no i do think that's that was something that was put that was big in the school system there and again there's always like there's always two worlds in south africa it's like the right kind of like rich white people world and there's the other world which is but it was definitely part of my family's culture and things like that to to be 
have all these things like manners being being on time and having routines and things like that yeah interesting i mean routines are important but um here it's like if anything gets thrown off like people won't have a meltdown yeah like they don't have resilience no and you know what i um i could have grown up that way like my parents are still together they're awesome they're uh, you know and and you know my dad made us work out and do all these things but at the end of the day we were still really really wealthy and uh up until we lost pretty much all of it uh in my early 20s you know before that if we if we didn't lose it i could have just turned out like everyone else and you know i wouldn't be who i am today so i actually don't look back and think losing money is always a great lesson i think yeah i i've always in when i was a kid i remember like playing poker and i'd lost all the money that i was that i had uh when i was in vegas and i called my mom i was like 19 and i called her and she was like can you please just help me like pay for uh, my hotel tonight because otherwise i have nowhere to sleep and um I, i'm coming back tomorrow I'll, I'll be able to pay you back soon and she just hung the phone up <laughs> wait what happened i just had to basically talk uh, ask for help uh from this like guy who was running this hostel sin city hostel and i was just like please can i stay here and do you have any food um and he like said okay like you can stay uh, like on the couch and you can have like these old hamburgers um and i was like right on like i'm surviving (laughs) so losing money is good yeah it is very good but not while it's happening no but the thing is is people forget we can adapt very quickly to anything yeah i wonder about like think about like a nuclear weapon going off in new york city or something uh like obviously there's a lot to think about if that's something like that would happen but the speed at which like what ha- what is happening 2 months after that i think w- i think just all kind of it's figuring out how to adapt yeah i no i think we were already adapted by then yeah it's weird right because that's a catastrophic thing that means wall street's gone that means yeah. this is gone but people just sort of figure stuff yeah, out yeah i mean not that it would be all sunshine and no no it would be terrible and lollipops but <laughs> yeah no but it, it, it we we would still figure it out i mean it would definitely be horrible for the whole world but we would be eventually fine um yeah i think about that a lot too i was thinking more like uh global warming which i think is bullshit (laughs) like complete bullshit um and that can be like that could be a whole nother topic i've spoken about it before but it's always fun talking about it because uh they're really scaring kids into believing the world is coming to an end yeah, that's the most dangerous part about it. That exactly. It's 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 child abuse. Yeah. Um forget the fact that there's some people who are just not going to have kids. Imagine what they're doing to already existing kids. Like kids who exist. I think I saw maybe you saw this the prince what, what is it, what is a prince who got married recently? Yeah, I don't prince know. Prince William. Yeah. Or Bas- Harry. I think said made they made a statement. Yeah, made an American married American girl, I think. Yeah. Made a statement like um We've we've decided to only have uh, one or t- or two. They're kids gonna have two kids because we having more would just be so bad for the environment. Yeah, it's like how fucking dare you say? That? Yeah, that's also bullshit. It's bullshit, and it's like so peculiar that that's like a meme in their minds. Like yeah. they're supposed to be 
leaders. Who, 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 first of all, you just denied the r- the right for a few babies to live, because you know maybe they would have had a couple more. Exactly. But also, they killed two babies. Yeah, and and what about people who are about to have a third child? Yeah. Are they doing something wrong? Also, how did you scientifically come up with two being the proper number? Yeah. It's like those people who are like, you can only have meat once a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? Shut up. <laughs> um, but uh, I love it that, uh, like, I was watching actually the Bernie Sanders Joe Rogan thing today. It was only an hour long because I guess Bernie Sanders is a busy guy. Um, and it wasn't anything different than what he's always talking about. And Joe Rogan didn't really, it was, there, there was no pushback. So he just gave Bernie Sanders an hour. But um, when Bern- when he was talking about global warming, he goes, just look out the window. It's happening. Just look out the window. And I'm like, okay, yeah, uh-huh. it's really nice out. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. People, people think they're seeing it. Um, it's insane. It's like that thing. If you look for something, you see it, you find it everywhere. Oh, yeah. It's mass hysteria. It's like a conspiracy theory. And you you s- you're going to find every piece of evidence. Y- you know, like the, the people with the that um, that board with the, the, the red strings connecting everything to everything. Yeah, you know, like exactly. And then, uh, you know, the conspiracy nuts who do that in movies. Um, that's what these global warming people are. I don't think that they realize the Earth just does this on its own like it goes through phases we've gone through extreme warming periods not us but the world like millions of years ago um the northern part of canada was tropical okay i mean and polar bears the polar bears were probably weren't even around yet but um yeah i had this actually have this uh cousin who studied climate science uh did her phd in it in uh at cambridge and i remember talking to her about climate change a long time ago and she said like why are you the reason you're asking about that is kind of because it's a political issue and i only look at it as like a scientific issue and like the scientific issue no there isn't a paper that says like climate change is real well i don't think there's any good paper that says that Right. But they there'll be very particular scientific things and certain kinds of measurements and certain kinds of theories and it's it isn't as as watertight as as people think. No, um, like even if there is climate change, like the mechanism that's causing it might be slightly different to what you you, you imagine. Or ten years from now, like the other thing is, it, ten years from now, will we know more about the climate than we do today? Or twenty yeah. years from now, like yeah. So the science. So therefore, we no what we know right now is is sort of fallible. Of course, it is. That's, what so that's all what science, science is. is. Yeah. Science is th- when they say the science is settled. There's no such thing as settled science. It's it's yeah. always evolving. So and it's a uh, shame to have such a complicated thing. Well, no, I mean, no one's doubting that there's climate. There's such thing as climate change. But the, the to to say that it's man-made and the science is settled that it's man-made. Like no, we don't know that. <laughs> it's not. Um, yeah, and also the United States is doing pretty a pretty good job at not polluting. Um, it's China and Pollution's India. Pollution's real, right? Pollu- yeah, that's, that's another thing. thing. Pollution is is a is a whole other subject that we all used to care about, and then since uh, climate change is is a bigger problem, no one cares about pollution and no one cares about littering. Like you look at these big cities, these big liberal cities, it, they are so dirty. 
and littered with it, organic pr- packaging, dude. <laughs> in in it's like we um, it's like we have s- in their minds that there's such a bigger problem that there's no time to worry about pollution. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we ha- we have to save the planet. If you if that's how you have to think that that it the pro- the problem is we have to save the planet, then um, it's just such a it's it's su- such an impossible thing to accomplish that th- then then it then the next step is just like okay whatever fuck it yeah exactly and if it's if it's just like save the planet it's also how so what what is what are the best things to do and and it seems like people say things like do a little bit of everything so yeah you know take fewer yeah take fewer trips uh or, or it's just vague. It's like re- it's re- vague. recycle organic. Like organic's actually ban, pretty bad for the environment. Ban plastic straws and then things. Yeah, plastic fine. straws are sort of like somehow. Maybe that's th- there are sea turtle videos that are very sad. And okay, but again, <laughs> those aren't coming from the United States. <laughs> I'm saying the plastic in the ocean. That's yeah, not from probably here. the videos are probably also not coming from the United States. Probably not. Maybe but it's I'm China. It's the, the, the they p- want us to slow down, but they're <sighs> keeping. They Keeping hate their us foot on so the p- much. P- pedal. <laughs> they hate us so much. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking outside. I mean, you know, there's always a little bit of smog in the air because it's Los Angeles. But um, no, I mean, I don't really see anything coming to kill us. Maybe I'm an idiot. Um, but yeah, I hate that that's a political issue. Like the gun thing. I mean, I, I don't think that... It it's just weird to hate on an inanimate object when you know the problem is the lack of fathers, the drugging of kids, the meaninglessness in lives, um, the the people being alone. I mean, there's bigger problems, and we always like to ignore them for these vague things that just aren't aren't. It's not it. It's just not it. Do you think if we had no guns in the United States? I mean, like if there was a magic wand and they would all disappear. Yeah. No, and I said this yesterday. The biggest, the biggest domestic terrorist uh, attack in the United States was Timothy McVeigh. He bombed uh, a building with fertilizer and and uh, killed close to two hundred people. If someone, if you know, that's again, we're ignoring the problem. If p- someone wants to kill someone, they're gonna do it by any means necessary. The same day the Sandy Hook shooting happened, the the oddly the same amount of ki- uh, of kids in japan were killed with a knife attack oh wow i don't That's know if it was kids or just people or maybe a mixture but yeah it was the same day it was really weird but uh it was a knife attack and it's because that's also a cultural thing and also Jap- there's no what's that there's a weird sound but also uh in japan the the you know g- guns aren't really a part of their culture samurai swords and also yeah <laughs> no and also they they there's no immigration there so there's only japanese people there's no culture clashes we're the only country in the world that has thi- this many different kinds of people here and it used to be where they would assimilate and they would they would feel american they would become american and then th- their customs would be kind of secondary they would, you know, still do them, but first and foremost, they would be American. What do you think of that? I mean, that's because I also, when I came here, um, 
I was coming here to be American. Yeah. Like I wasn't coming here to bring some other syst- like value system. There's and a re- I mean that's why you that's why people used to come here. Right. And I I don't know what you think about telling like cuz I guess that's probably not very politically correct to be like if you do come to a place it is it should be understood that you are there to assimilate. Yes. You're not there to uh somehow yeah, be isolationist. Yeah, as I mean, an immigrant. That's the that's the purpose of this country. And and that but that's the thing like that's why we s- we have uh, Italian American food, uh, Japanese American food, Chinese American food. So it th- we th- you know they they assimilate, but then they also give we we uh, we kind of take parts of their culture. I mean that's what makes this country interesting. And then it's like we kind of perfect it. I don't know. Maybe that's just an American thing to say. <laughs> but um, but it's not like we we we're telling people to throw everything away that they knew before. Like we there we do appreciate the things that they bring but first and foremost why come here then why come here if it's not to be an american and um yeah and i think it's i think it is complicated i think the but there's some norms that like should be for example uh in south africa that you tip 10 percent and here you tip (laughs) typically 20 percent yeah and so i can't be like yeah it's my culture not to do that that's very like hostile to America. Yeah, um, I mean it's like you it's like a lot of people are coming here and then at the same time they resent it. Yeah. You can't have it both ways. No. And I think that people do that for for attention. It's like it's like uh wh- the oppression Olympics, the totem pole of of uh, being oppressed. Like uh that's the new part. That's the new thing. Yeah. And uh, it's even for people who who come here. They it's <laughs> it's bizarre. It's funny because uh, I also had a housekeeper growing up. She's actually still with us, like since I was six. And uh, every time I speak to her, she's like, "I swear, I'm gonna learn English. I'm gonna learn English." She speaks Spanish only. <laughs> and then I'm like, "No, you're not." But I think that it's funny that she wants to. I mean, I think I appreciate that she wants to. She loves this country. She loves. Uh, she's actually also a conservative, and she doesn't like illegal immigrants coming here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. Do you have any thoughts, Riva? Oh, you can't say her name. Yeah. Griva. <laughs> Someone called her Griva recently. That's very uh that what in Starbucks? Yeah. They like wrote that. her name G okay, she left. We don't have to talk about her anymore. <laughs> Why does she come in here to show us she's brush brushing her teeth? ADD. ADD okay, good. Um yeah. What do you disagree with Trump about? Um, I think that he is very concerned about the wrong people liking him. And he does fight them a lot, but then also he'll... It's almost like he's bipolar, so part of him still wants their approval. That's actually my problem with a lot of conservatives today, is that they want the approval from the liberal media or, or liberal politicians... Like when Ben Shapiro the other day said, we we disavow white supremacy and, you know, we have to eradicate white supremacy because of gun violence. It's like, okay, like I said, that's not the problem. Uh, first of all, that's obvious. And the best way to do it is ignore them because there's five of them. <laughs> there's five white supremacists and they're very loud and they're very much needed 
in the narrative of what the media presents us and uh they're 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 necessary evil for them and they keep getting um airtime because you know it just it just makes their their whole story real but um we keep capitulating to their ideas and their approval and i think trump does that too a lot and i i think that's a huge fault um also i think he's too boomery like he's he's he he loves talking about ratings for for these yeah, news stations yeah, it's like dude yeah. what are ratings no one cares that's all irrelevant you mean likes like dude <laughs> he needs to start realizing he didn't win because of fox news he needs to start realizing he didn't win because of tv yeah he won because of the internet and he doesn't have those people's backs yeah that's interesting um because that's that's the only way he can win it's, it's quite hard to change him from a boomer into something else i know uh, maybe just the people around him maybe his, yeah. his communications director or something you should like work. you should work for him <laughs> oh my god he needs to uh, never meet your heroes no he uh he you know what he should go on joe rogan for three hours that would be good he won the election i mean first of all look i think he's gonna win the election no matter what unless something crazy happens but a lot of democrats are saying that to me these days they they have no one. Yeah. Unless like someone like uh who? No one. Okay, don't give them any ideas. Mark Cuban? No. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know. I don't know who would be able to jump in and beat him. I don't think he's beatable, but um he should he should still realize who got him in office and it's it's the 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 movement online. People like Milo Yiannopoulos and and I mean obviously it's weird because Steve Bannon knows that too, but he doesn't have any social media. Um, but it's those types of provocateurs that that got him popular with the young people, and and uh, you know, th- there's a lot of corners of the internet that he just ignores. Uh, yeah, I wonder what whether he's going to run with interesting new agendas, or he's going to push what he's already because, like you know, the cat the charisma of the idea of like build a wall you know super not uh enjoyed by the left but definitely something that caught a lot of people's attention um is he going to have something new like that is Mm. it going to be as fun this election no the election's gonna be amazing okay uh i i think he's gonna play his hits he's gonna he's gonna talk about what he's been talking about Nothing, nothing very different. Like he changed, he still says "Make America Great Again," but also "Keep America Great." Uh, it con- that's kind, <laughs> it's a big contradiction, but it's funny. Um, but he, uh, what I think is going to happen is he's going to pretty much run the same campaign, and uh, he's a conservative in that way, where he's going to probably recycle signs and stuff and slogans and logos. Uh, but I think that. Since he won't have to worry about another election, I maybe accept the midterms, but not. I mean, who cares? Uh, he's gonna he's gonna do whatever he wants. He's gonna be a totally different president in the second term. I think like he's gonna go even crazier. I also think so. He's yeah, totally holding back. And I love chaos, like yeah. that kind of chaos. And it's like controlled chaos. You know, yeah. it's not like South Africa chaos where you you might die. It's it's like more like media kind of chaos. And uh, I crave it. And I think that that we haven't seen Trump yet. Like, we just haven't seen Trump yet. And he's going to win again, and people are going to flip out again. 
and they're it's going to be unbelievable again to them and it's going to be even funnier because uh, it's like how did you not see it coming especially this time and i'm going to enjoy every second of it i don't know i just 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 because mainly because i like the fact that nothing is as controlled as i thought before i used to think the illuminati controlled everything and that everything was predestined everything was planned from before i was born so what's the point of caring i was very nihilistic about it and the fact that he won uh that's the thing like you don't have to like him as a person yeah you can appreciate everything that's happening but you don't have to like yeah very few people i I think i would i'm surprised how uncommon it is i mean i think it should be like okay it's fine if 50 percent of the people don't like trump um but 80% of people should be, like, really interested in what happened. Yeah, or at least Not appreci- just, like, angry. Yeah, I, or, and I, I at least appreciate how funny he is. Yeah. Like, he's <laughs> hilarious. I love stand-up comedy. I love, I mean, not anymore because they're all, they're all idiots, or most of them are. But I, 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 I'm fascinated by comedians and the way they operate. And rather than making dumb jokes about him, like... Because it's such low-hanging fruit to make fun of his hair. I mean, that's n- it wasn't funny the first time. No. And I've heard it now the millionth time. Yeah. Uh, you should appreciate... You should listen to him speak and appreciate the, the, the tone in his voice, the way he says things, the way he delivers messages, and... Because then you'll just realize, oh shit, he's just he's a, he sh- he could have been a stand-up comedian if he wasn't born into money. Like that's actually what he probably would have become, construction worker by day and then uh, stand-up comedian at night, and then he would have made it and ma- had a sitcom on NBC. I mean, that's that's, that's only that's Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's a genius. I mean, you know, okay, yeah, you bring up that, which is um, the f- literally, the for those of you that don't remember, the first question of the first debate that Trump got was, uh, was you've, you've, I forgot her name. She had a show on Fox News. What was her name? Megyn Kelly. I think. Megyn Kelly. And she hated Trump, and she was out to get him. So her, the first question, which would have sunk anyone else running for president, a- anyone running for anything. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a hit job kind of a question. It was you've called women uh, fat, you've called women pigs, pigs, dogs. you've called women dogs, you've called women this, and she probably didn't even finish. She wasn't even a third in, in into her question, and he cuts her off and he says only Rosie O'Donnell. He made her question a joke, and he sucked the air out of the room. And you just like him, and then you, you like have him to, and you, you ha- hate her, and you hate her. You like him, yeah. and that's when you realized how powerful he was because anyone else would have let her finish the question and then they would have backpedaled and they were like, no, I didn't mean to say that, blah, blah, blah. Some scripted thing. Some scripted thing. And he didn't... And you can't say Trump's an idiot because that takes skill. Yeah. He is very intelligent, I think. He's obviously in a, in a very way. weird. Very weird. Like, he would be... I you Yeah. I could see why people would think he's not intelligent. Kind of some of the ways he communicates is just like, huh, is this guy? But if you're paying more close attention, it's it's pretty impressive what he's done. Yeah. You his guys whole life, too. His I whole think. life. Um, most, I mean, 99.9 people who would have gone through his career would have, and, and, and he failed a lot, would have just died there. 
yeah. would have ended there. They wouldn't I mean to run for president think you can run for president. That's that takes balls. <laughs> he did he ran for something once and won. That takes balls. So yeah, that's 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 kind of what I think. What else? <laughs> I'm hoping I'm ho well what is he gonna do if he's doing crazy things? So like if he is like let's say he's he wins now like he's kind of he's kind of untouchable kind of like can't be impeached really and um he's not trying to have a third term right? so like he can do anything what does he do like i have a f friend who has a theory about like him uh just sort of closing down departments of government oh yeah all together yeah like, i would love do we really one. need this do we at need all. the Department just of like Education? Yeah. Just no, <laughs> shut it down. Do we exactly. need the Department of Agriculture? No, shut it down. <laughs> yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. And then we just like have hundreds of thousands of 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 jobs freed up. Well, I shouldn't say freed up, it's like people get fired, but the government actually becomes smaller. And the problem with government, a lot of the what I didn't understand when until the Trump was elected, it's like 95% of the people who work at, in this government worked in the previous government. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's very few people turn over. Yeah. So the only way to have a real turnover is to fire everybody. You have to fire everybody. When the government's you're in too big. Yeah. I mean, look, I've bef before all of this, I was more libertarian. And, uh, you know, uh, I, like, one of the main things I'm s I still hold on to that's a libertarian idea or part of the ideology is that I want government to shrink. It literally should be government's job. The federal government should only protect the homeland with an army and borders and that's it. And then have like the judicial system and that's it. I mean, you don't need everything else, especially because the states, the states have their own departments of education. Like the states, the states control their own, you know, curriculum and, schooling and all that like it's it's not only is it redundant but it's it's um inefficient and expensive yeah so yeah I, I, that's actually i i like that theory because i'd love to see that happen i just want people to freak out more and even if you, you then have subsequently have a, a democrat come in in 2024 20 like and they start rebuilding some of it um at least they'll have a long way to go. It takes a long time to hire people yeah. versus how fast it is to fire people. Yeah. So, uh, but, and I almost like welcome it. I'd be like, cool, at least we're starting, starting fresh. Like these departments were built before the internet, before computers, yeah. before anything. Like, did we, do we need them like now? The EPA cleaned the rivers in the air and then they, they're like, okay, we did it two years in. They, they did what they had to do. And then, and then now they're, they're um, policing people's marshlands. Like you have a little bit of mud on your property and you can't build on it because it might have an endangered frog on it. So the EPA has to come and investigate. But the, if you start building on your own land, they're going to fine you $30,000 a day. Like the EPA became, you know, a monster. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we need to close everything down. We need to shut it all down. <laughs> what do you think? Except for ice. Obviously, we need to add we more. We need more people <laughs> in <laughs> ice and we need to, Yeah deport deport everyone <laughs> i actually uh i would love to deport the democratic socialists of america because 
the of America part is is a lie. They hate America. They hate everything that America stands for. And against America. They're against America because their ideas aren't compatible with the Constitution. But we have the First Amendment, and we have to allow them to express themselves. As long as they don't dismantle the Constitution, then fine. As long as like they're, they're going to be a minority, then fine. But we have to deport everyone. I, I still think that. Wait, should we deport everyone? Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> Two foreigners. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a woman. <laughs> um, I've heard a lot about left infighting. Have you he- I was reading about this. Well, I put in the sad water story today. Uh, whatever. Phone's there. But I uh, there was something I found on Twitter today that um, the term um, homosexual is transphobic. Whoa. Yeah. Did you know this? Explain that to me. No. Well, because... Wait, was it homosexual or lesbian? I forget. Whatever. Uh, because it implies that gender you know what let me get my phone (laughs) it's this complicated you need to actually (laughs) (laughs) all right got my phone i'm gonna read this to you Uh, these women are being called TERFs, even though all they said was that a lesbian is a female homosexual, so dot, dot, dot. Then someone says, which is a huge transphobic dog whistle that implies a lot more than their so-called innocent proclamation, uh, proclamation claims. I don't know what that means. Then someone says, so being a homosexual is transphobic, transphobic? Then the, the, this person says, um, homosexual is a transphobic statement stating that lesbians are only attracted to sex and not gender. They are trying to exclude trans women. Do you understand this? I actually don't. It feel, it's almost like you need to like kind of work it out, put it into algebra and kind of, you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't understand it, but there, there definitely is infighting because uh, their rules are impossible to yeah. follow. I, turf, that's a term, right? I guess I so. I think it's like a whole thing. I don't know what it means. Yeah, I, w- I was reading this uh, magazine today. It was talking about that issue. Uh, but like... Wait, sorry. I'm just showing him text. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So like you have, um, uh, you know, queer identifying people fighting with the black... You got to get closer. The black right? people... Um, and, uh, there's just a lot of kind of strange, I know how to solve this problem genocide. besides genocide that you, that's not the first, that's you, not the you, first you, time you've said that. No, no, but also, <laughs> also like genocide shouldn't be the first, you know, method to solve a problem, whatever I, the way to solve it is, um, by just judging people by the ca- their character. I think that's how you solve it. I thought you were going to say color for a second. And I, was I like, almost did. I almost <laughs> did by accident. <laughs> um, yeah. Is this my phone? I think it's mine. Oh, yeah. That's yours. Uh, I kind of have to get going to dinner soon. I think we've covered everything. We did cover America everything. today. You know what? 
for those of you listening, hopefully the sound is good. The, I I I've recorded this on a janky situation in um a hotel across the street from my house. But I'll make it work and it was good. Uh, it was fun talking to you. You too, Richard. This this was a good um first edition of the Friends episode. The Chateau series. The Chateau series of Sad Water. <laughs> uh, did I put a little accent into that? Did I do a good job? Yeah. Did I? <laughs> no, I'm bad at accents. You um, could do Sad Water with like a French accent. I d- je ne sais pas. Je, je, I don't <laughs> know how to do that. Okay. Well, I am Sadwater. That was Sadcast episode Friends with Richard Crabe. Do you want to say bye? God bless you. And? God bless America. Yes. That, that's it. We're done. I love you. Bye.